And here we go. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Mem Gimel in Maseches Nedarim. We'll start from the mission in the bottom of Mem Bez, Amad Bez. Good morning, everyone. All right, everyone ready? Here we go. The mission says, Hamoder Hana'a Mechavero, Lo Yashilenu, Velo Yishal Mimenu. If a person, as we will see in the explanation of the Gemara, Two dudes. I don't know. Let's just take a random example. Barry and Andrew. Our mother are not from each other. So now there's a mutual uh, tension here, Barry. I'm sorry to say. But Andrew, please come back from Israel and straighten this out. Anyway, Andrew and Barry are mother are not from each other. Uh, a lot of what we are going to be reading today, it, uh, we've learned already. So it'll be good Chazara. Be that as it may, you're not surprised to hear that you should not borrow from each other, right? Don't lend uh, or borrow from each other. Lo yashi lenu v'lo yishal mimenu. So that's that's a chiddush. Up until now, we were talking about things that you can do, right? Despite the fact that you're moder hanaf from each other, we said there are activities like bikur cholim uh, if you're standing, and other activities that we've discussed for the last week, and and so. Um, those activities are activities that do not provide hanah, but lending and borrowing do. Why do lending and borrowing provide hanah? We will see. Okay. Lo yalvenu v'lo yilvemimenu. So borrowing is as the last mefarish, right? What looks like Rashi says on the bottom, right? On the very bottom line. She'ela b'chelim halva b'mos. Borrowing is, is uh, b'chelim, is articles. Halva is money, right? So you shouldn't lend money or borrow money from each other. Now, Barry, the Gemara is going to ask the, I think, obvious question. Borrowing money is hana. Is lending money hana? That would be true. That, that Shaila would be true of lending and, and borrowing articles as well, right? Whether you're borrowing something. So you're saying there's a satisfaction in lending, Right, or maybe because you know where there is a mitzvah to lend, is that what it is? So we'll see. That's not what the Gemara is going to say. Fine, I'll tell you. They they're borrowing and lending from each other. That's what the Gemara ends up saying. But I, I like your pshat. In other words, that okay. But be that as it may. Well, the Gemara will will we'll discuss it. You'll see. So those are so no borrowing, no lending, and the Mishnah continues to say v'lo yim karlo. You can't sell to him and you can't buy from him. So we'll see. Another one of the pshatim is if you're moder enough from each other, maybe you just shouldn't do commerce of any kind with each other because it could get complicated. That kind of thing. But we'll see in the Gemara. So that's what the Mishnah says, okay? So no borrowing, no lending, no commerce of any kind with each other if you are noda enough from each other. So the Gemara, as we arrive in Gimel Rav, says, Bishle Melo Yalvenu, the Kamehanele. I can understand why you can't lend money, let's say, to somebody who's not allowed to, who you said can't have hana from you because you are giving him something and thus giving him hana. But why can't you borrow money from somebody who you said he can't have hana from you? How are you benefiting him by borrowing money from him? Okay. And conversely, right? And 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 or or I should say, uvishlem alu yilvehemenu. I don't understand the question. 
Okay, the question is asked. I would have asked the question in a different way, which is why I think the question is turning you upside down here, Barry. Um, I would have asked the question, I can understand why you can't uh, why borrow money because that gives you hana. Why can't you lend money? That doesn't give you hana. But the, the, what makes this question a little bit confusing is that the, the Gemara is giving the example where, and we'll use Barry and Andrew as an example here, okay? Barry swore off, okay, um, Barry, the, the, the netter that you made was that Andrew can't have Hana from you. That was the netter you made. You said, Andrew, I don't want you to have Hana from me anymore. So now we're saying, I can understand why you can't lend Andrew money. You told Andrew that he can't have Hana from you. So I can understand why you can't lend Andrew money. Why can't Barry lend Andrew money? Because Barry made another that Andrew can't have enough from him. But why can't Barry borrow money from Andrew? Right? Again, the nether in this, in this case was where you made the nether, Barry, that Andrew can't have enough from you. So if Andrew can't have enough from you, how are you lending him money? Right? You got angry with him. And you said, I don't want you to benefit from me in any way whatsoever. I'm done with you. And then you're lending him money? Uh, how does that work? So that you should not, how, how, how would you possibly be able to do that? That I can understand. But why would you not be able to borrow money from him? Because you're getting enough from that too. Again, he's not allowed to have enough from you, according to this. I'm allowed to have enough from him. Yeah, that's right. In other words, the way this question, that not in the maskana, right? That, that, that might end up being the answer, but it, but the way the Mishnah is structured, it, may, it makes it sound like in the scenario where Barry said that Andrew cannot have enough from him. However, Barry could still have enough from Andrew. That was never discussed. That in that scenario, why shouldn't Barry be allowed to borrow money from Andrew? That's the question. Okay. So, and then the Gemara continues to say, Now, it's, Understand, right? Uh, although I can understand, this is an interesting point over here, that Barry, okay, can't borrow money or buy money from Andrew because there are some cases where Barry will benefit. What are those cases? Well, you can. Right, benefit by borrowing. How? Let's say a scenario with money, we can understand the scenario. What's the scenario? You borrow, let's say, when it comes to money, uh, the, the way that it used to work with currency was some coins are better than others. So you kind of borrowed scuzzy coins from, from Andrew, but you returned nice, shiny new ones of the same value. Those are considered better, right? Let's, or let's say, you know, <laughs> you, you, you borrowed, when you borrowed, you needed to borrow $100. So Andrew lent you all of it in nickels and you returned to him $100 bills. Now he doesn't have to carry around a giant sack of nickels, that kind of thing, okay? That, that, that seems to be what the um, Farsham are, are explaining, okay? Um, 
And also sometimes, and remember we talked about selling. Uh, whenever there's commerce, maybe Andrew needed to move merchandise, right? So technically, right, or, right, so you, you bought something, right, from him, and so you took it from him and you gave him money, but maybe that was helpful in some ways, right? There are scenarios, and this is what apparently the, the, uh, the Rush discusses in this context. So this is scenarios with money, it's hard to say. Whenever you have commerce, borrowing and lending are not always exactly a situation where the borrower is the one that benefits. After all, I get mail every day from lending companies, right? They want to lend to me. Now, in that case, they want to get interest. Maybe that could play into it also, right? But the point is, bar- lending is a, is a business, is it not, right? So lending has some benefit. And, uh, and borrowing has some benefit. When it comes to currency, we can understand it, says the Gemara. However, interestingly enough, the Gemara asks, But when you lend articles, when you're lending your pots and pans, so what, there, there is no scenario. Remember when we discussed the engagement ring? We said, who's responsible as a Shomer at which stage? Uh, this was about two weeks ago. Well, I know when it was. It was uh, a week before last Friday because that was the day Zami got engaged. It was a Dafyomi coincidence. Um, by the way, I'm sorry to digress. You saw the Dafyomi coincidence from yesterday? Um, I mentioned the Gerbitzes, uh, our dear friends, uh, because of the Shemitah farm, because we discussed Shemitah. And then I mentioned... I don't know what got into my head, Barry. I really don't know. But I mentioned the jazz singer because the father that swore off his son, like Neil Diamond and the jazz singer. And I don't, I don't know how that popped into my head. And so I mentioned to the Gerbitzes that I mentioned to them. And Bonnie Gerbitz listened to the whole daf and then sent me a note. She said, you know, on our first date, we saw the jazz singer. I mean, is that a Dafyomi coincidence or not? Anyway, so the last Dafyomi coincidence we had before that was the, um, that was the first time we mentioned either the Gerbitzes or the jazz singer. Anyways, uh, the, where was I? Yeah, uh, Zami got, got engaged a week ago Friday. So Zami said, this is a short duff, so I'm not, but I'm not trying to fill it on purpose, Barry. I'm just uh, trying to illustrate this. That uh, the phrase we said a week ago Friday was that the she'ela kulo hana'a shalo. This is the point I'm trying to make, which is to say, when you borrow something, right, what is the status? This has a halachic discussion, underpinning. What is the status of a shoel? So we already talked about this. A shomer chinam is going to be, is somebody who is a custodian that isn't paid. He's responsible for a certain, right, a certain level of responsibility. A shomer sachar has a higher level of responsibility, right? Gneva and Aveda, he's going to be responsible for because he's getting paid. To make sure this thing doesn't get lost or stolen. Okay? That's why he's, he's getting paid for. Okay? But if he's an anus, right? If something, a ruach she'ena metsuya, right? Some unexpected uh, thing were to come outside of his control, he wouldn't be responsible for that. But a sho'el, a borrower, is responsible even for an anus, even for a ruach she'ena metsuya, because after all, kula hana shalo, kol hana shalo, the entire thing is in borrowing is that what you take, you are actually fully 
enjoying, and your only responsibility is to return it exactly as you got it, okay? And so that is the isolated case when you leave money out of it, because in commerce, borrowing and lending each can have elements of hana, as we said. But when it comes to borrowing, you know, eggs or whatever, borrowing from somebody, so you would say in that scenario, the kula hana shalo, that's the actual phrase. There is no hana going to the person who lend it. That's the question of the Gemara. So the Gemara now is going to offer two possible answers as to why a person who swore off hana from another person can't lend to them articles, right? So I'm Rabbi Yossi Barbchanina, Kagon Shinadru Hana Zamizet. So that's, I already gave that answer away. That the only way that that would work with Sheila is if you and, if Barry and Andrew uh, were know their Hana from each other. And therefore, it's not really so much that they can't lend pots and pans to each other, but they can't borrow pots and pans from each other. And that's why we say that you cannot lend or borrow. That was Rabbi Yossi Barbchanina. However, Abaya Yamar, Gezeira Lish Ol Mishum Lahash Hill that really it's all a gazera, right? You can't lend because you can't borrow. You can't borrow because you can't lend. You can't lend because you can't borrow. And similarly, Abaye throws in, right? It's all a gazera, which is to say, you know, even the cases of the money, right, is not really, it's not really so much of a hana to lend as, as it is to borrow. Uh, there are, right, um, there are some, some discussion, there is a, a, a certain amount of discussion here in the run, right, as to whether there is benefit or there isn't benefit. You know, how uh, precise is this idea of a chen b'chulo gezeira, or gezeira lish al mishum la'ashel? Do we really make uh, such a gezeira? However, um, in, the, uh, in the simplest manner of speaking, the way to explain Abaye is simply as follows. That when you have people who are no der hana from each other, we're kind of separating them. We're making a gezerah. Don't do any commerce or lending because it could lead to a violation of the nether. And I think that that stands to reason because your first instinct, Barry, after all, was even when it comes to lending right clothing, or, or, or uh, whatever, uh, pots and pans. There's a reciprocity that goes on, right, that you can define, like you said, a certain degree of satisfaction or maybe a certain degree of, um, uh, of situation where a person feels like they owe somebody because they've established some sort of relationship. You know, once you, they always say that once you give to somebody, then you feel like you want to give them more, and so once you give somebody, then you have right the, the, the whole vart of, uh, uh, I think it's Rav Dessler who says that ahava, love, comes from the word have, to give, right? So when you give, it also establishes a relationship. When you, when you take, it establishes. So this is a little bit more, what we're saying now is a more balabatish, uh, what, what uh, Rabbi Safa would say, a touchy-feely answer. But there is an element of, of that touchy-feely aspect of this gazera. Because after all, when you have commerce of any kind, you, that's a relationship. And once you have that relationship, be it in a business or in a right, uh, friendly manner, that can lead to a violation of the nether without question. And therefore, that's a biased shot as to why you shouldn't be able to borrow and lend from each other, be it financial or articles of any kind. Okay?
That is that Mishnah. Are you ready to move on to the next one? You'll consider it? All right, here we go. Okay, so now like this. Let's discuss a nether involving a loan as follows. Amar lo hashileni paraschah. Andrew asks Barry to borrow his car. He said, let me your cow. Okay. So Amar lo ain't a penuya. Barry says, I'm sorry, the cow's not available. So Amar, so now Andrew's going to beg. Amar, konam sadish and ikharish bal olam. He says, for crying out loud, Barry, just lend me your cow. I'm not going to use it, okay, to plow with. I just need the cow for, for company. I'm not going to work it hard. Relax, Barry. I, I'm, I'm not going to use it um, for, for that, okay? Now, Ron explains. Andrew wanted to use your cow. And he was actually wanted to use it for plowing. Okay. That's according to the Ron. Others explain he didn't really ever want to use it for, for plowing. Um, and he really was trying to explain to you that he wasn't going to use it. Using a cow for plowing, usually you use an ox for plowing. Using a, cl- a cow for plowing is not really typical usage, right? The uh, maybe the modern day example because because what is that a Cadillac you drive Barry yeah that's a beautiful car so let's say the the modern day equivalent would be saying Andrew wants to borrow your your ca- your car and you suspect that he want you he wants to borrow your sedan because you drive a sedan Barry you, your sedan for off road right he's gonna go like off road uh, what yeah he's gonna go start four wheeling. In the uh, in the outback with it, so and 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 you have no interest in the car. I remember when we first moved to um, to Israel, so we had this um, trip with Josh Fass, you know Rabbi Fass from Nefesh Benefesh, and and a bunch of our friends Vito, Jake from Lansky. We went down to a place called the Flower Caves. The Flower Caves are so called not because there are flowers there. But because there's so much dust that it's like you're in like flour, fine flour that you make bread out of. Uh, I wasn't really aware of that when we went there. It looked different than I expected it. It was a lot of fun. When we came back and my friend said, uh, your car is now Israeli. Like the car never was clean ever again, no matter what you would do to it. It just looked like it always had like three layers of dust, right? So Andrew wants to borrow Barry's car. And Barry has a feeling, because Barry's car always looks clean, and he doesn't want to. So, so whether you say that Andrew's original intention was to take it off-roading, or that it was never his intention, be that as may, Andrew's now insisting that he was never, he's, he's I'm not going to take it off-road. I just need to go get something from Seven Mile Market. I'm taking it down Park Heights, and, 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 then, and that's it. I just need it for now. Okay. So interestingly enough, the mission sa- uh, Mishnah says, So it has to do with the plowing here. If it was Andrew's usual manner to do plowing himself, who so That's an interesting uh, halacha. So again, Andrew usually plows by himself. He's the one that does, he likes to do his own plowing. He's that kind of guy. So he asks Barry if he could borrow a cow. Barry says, no, my cow is not available because according to the Ron, Barry's suspicious of Andrew. 
And Andrew says, I promise you, I am not going to, to plow with this cow. So, or not just a promise, he makes a neder. So the fact of the matter is, he can't violate that neder. And now if that, if he prevails upon Barry, because Barry is a softy, and eventually he just gives it to him, then once he made the nether that he can't plow, then he certainly cannot plow. Of course he can't. Okay, but because of the fact that Andrew's usually the one that plows with his own cow, Andrew's family members could use it for plowing. Andrew never. Andrew only said that he wasn't going to plow. He never promised that nobody else was going to use it for plowing. And therefore, it would not be a violation of the nether to have other family members plow with it. Right. However, remain dark Olacharosh. But if Andrew is not the kind of guy that does his own plowing, he gets other people to do the plowing for him, then who? V'chol Adam Asurim. Then not only can Andrew not plow, but nobody from his family could plow. In other words, what's going on here is, what does Andrew mean when he says, believe me, I'm not going to use it to plow? So if he means I'm not going to use it personally, so it depends. What's his minhag, right? What is his usual customary activity when it, with plowing? Is he doing the plowing himself usually? If so, then when he says, I'm not going to use it, he means that literally, I'm not going to use it. However, if he never uses it to plow, he's not the plower. He never he hasn't touched a plow in his life, right? He has other people doing that for him. So when he says, I'm not going to use it to plow, what he means is it's not going to be used for plowing, right? That, and you can see how colloquially that statement, I'm not going to use it to plow, could mean one or the other, and that's what the Mishnah means. The Mishnah just means, depending on what Andrew's, and we've seen this in the Dharma already, right, that a lot of it has to do with intent. So the Mishnah is just telling you, the halacha is that depending on what his usual practice is with respect to plowing, that's what he means when he says, I'm not going to use it to plow. If he usually plows, then that just means that he can't use it for plowing. And if other people plow for him, then it means it will not be used for plowing in general. Fine. So now let's go back to benefiting netta from each other. You might remember this Mishnah from Ksubas, Daf Ayin. This is the locus classicus, the place where this Mishnah first appears as follows. Remember this? Barry uh, was Noda Hana from Yaakov Shmerel. Okay? Barry said that Yaakov Shmerel is not allowed to have Hana for me. But Barry, as we've already discussed, is a man of soft heart. And he realizes that Yaakov Shmerel is lacking food, is destitute. And Barry wants to be able to give him food. However, Barry, in a moment of uh, weakness and anger, unfortunately, already made another that he cannot give him food and he can't, and that this person can't benefit Hana from him. So what can he do? Says the Mishnah, you go to the local grocer at Seven Mile, the Omer, says, listen, I made, he explains the situation to the, to the head of Seven Mile Market. He says, listen, Yankov Shmerel can't have Hana from me. I made a nether to that effect, and therefore he can't have a naw. <coughs> However, I don't know what to do for him. Wink, wink. He says, I don't know what to do for him, but who knows send low. And the, the guy in Seven Mile, who owned, the owner of Seven Mile, understands this hint and gives, who knows send low. Mir Marl Ni here is the store owner gives the food to Yankov Shmerel. Uva Venotel Muzo, Mizeh. And then he can come after giving food to Yankov Shmerel, the owner of Seven Mile can come and collect the money from Barry. Okay, so that's the sequence. Barry wants to give Yankov Shmerel the food and he wants to pay for it. 
because he's a, he's a Baal Chesed. Uh, but however, he did, he did make a nether that Yankushmeral can't get Hanaf from him. So he could do this trick that he goes to the owner of Seven Mile Market and do it in an indirect fashion, where Barry's not directly giving it to him. But the owner arranges it such that he, that the owner of Seven Mile gives Yanko Shmerl the food and then collects the money from Barry as if it's unrelated. And that, by association, does not violate the nether. Similarly, Haya Beso Livnos. If the Yanko Shmerl needed to have his house built, or Gedeo Ligdor, or a fence put up, or Sadeo Liktor, or somebody to mow the lawn. Or harvest, as it were. Barry can go to that, to Yanko Shmer, to work, or Barry could go, let's say, to his own workers, right? Because Barry has a crew. So Barry tells his crew, the Omer, he says, listen, guys, uh, Yanko Shmer's house needs a fence, needs some harvesting, etc. So listen, I can't do anything from him, hint, hint, if you know what I'm saying, right? Shades of, uh, Amir la'akum, right? What people think is halacha. Don't take this as halacha. It's not, doesn't usually work. But you know, when it's, uh, uh, you go outside, if you want the air conditioning turned on, you say, excuse me, it's hot in my house. And then they don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, imo. And what do they do? The workers understand. They take the hint. They go do all the fence work and, and garden work for Yankov Shmerl, and then they come and Barry pays them. So all of these, right, methods work. Okay, fine. However, that works when you have an intermediary because it is indirect enough. Okay. However, if they were traveling together on the road, so now Barry and Yankov Shmerl on a road trip, this is a dangerous situation when it comes to Nadarim, because Barry already made a nether that Yanko Shmero can't have any enough from him. So let's say Barry's not giving him a ride. They're just walking along the, the, the road and they get lost in the desert and they don't have what to eat. Uh, however, it's not true of both of them. Barry does. Barry has a canteen and he has food and Yanko has got nothing. How's Barry going to give it to him now? You would think there's ways of canceling these Nadarim. But you can't. How are you going to do Hafaris Nadarim in the middle of the desert? You don't have the rabbi there to, 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 to do Hafaris Nadarim. It's tough. So, so, so Barry says, what about Sakonis Nefashos? So I, I think it goes with that question that if it got to the point of Sakonis Nefashos that you would, you would have to do it. And so it is true it is true that there is a balance here. And that's really what the Mefarshim explained over here, uh, you have to look at, you know, there's a famous, I, sh- I shouldn't have, I, I should not have uh, waited this long to mention it, but there's a fa- there's, there are books called Shalmei Nadarim, um, different, um, uh, different uh, Mepharshim that are quoted all the time by the great Afyomi masters uh, on, on Maseches Nadarim. And they discuss that here it's a balance. And the balance is as follows. Certainly, Right, because you're going to have different levels, as we'll see. Right, certainly if the Sakonis Nefashos, all bets are off. Okay, so I may have overstated the desert with the canteen issue. Right, because that's a separate Gemara. And, you know, Chayech Kodman, right, I think we had in Masechus Shabbos already. Okay, but, so that, that may have been a little bit overstated. But this is a Tiul, okay. But, to my point, I guess you could say, if there was no need at all, 
this would not work. In other words, we're going to learn a trick that you could do when it's just you and Yankov Shmerel out on a tiul. But that trick would require real necessity, not life-saving necessity, so there's a balance, right? In the case where we use the seven-mile market or the workers as intermediaries, the necessity threshold is less because it's more indirect. In the case where you're in a desert, necessity threshold will be more. And as we'll see, right, not everybody's going to agree that you could even do it in the absence of an intermediary. Because after all, there's something called plausible deniability. When there's an intermediary, you say, well, I didn't give him anything, right? It, it's like a more plausible workaround when you have the storekeeper or the workers as intermediaries. Why? I didn't give him any. No, it was very indirect. Whereas here, as you'll see, it's indirect, but there's nobody else around. So it's like, who are we kidding? Okay, so in order for that to be allowed, it has to be a case of real need. But to your point, Barry, that real need can't be at the point of Sakasatifashos because that's already beyond the scope of what we're talking about. Very good. Okay, so good observation. So now he goes like this. So what do you do? Okay, so if there is somebody there, so then three dudes, so Barry, Andrew, and Yankov Shmero are on a trip, um, city slickers, right? So, I mean... So Barry could give it to Be- uh, to Andrew, and Andrew will give it to to uh, to Yankashmel. Uh, that works. The right? And then Yankashmel could have it because he's not taking it really from Barry; he's taking it already from Andrew. Barry has been mocking it, so to speak, to Andrew, and Andrew could give it to him. However, if it's just Barry and Yankashmel, then what does he do? Maniach al Haselo Gader. Then what does he do? He'll put it on top of a. Rock or a fence. You say, I'm making it hefker for anybody who wants. Well, you made it hefker. And then, right? And then, Yankashmel picks it up off the fence with the rock and he eats it. Well, that's indirect. Uh, but there's nobody else there, to which Rabbi Yossi says, Rabbi Yossi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says, that's, that, that's not right. That doesn't seem like that uh, indirect enough. I mean, like, the, if, if, if you were made a nether that Yanko uh, Shmerel can't have Hanar from you. Okay, so you're going to say the only thing that's also is for you to hand it to him directly? Literally? Really? Like, who are we kidding? You could say that you're going to put it on the fence and then Yanko Shmerel picks it up. Is that really something that you think should work? After all, is he not getting Hanar from you? This is not indirect enough. It's, it's a halachic permissibility that makes it happen. Right. So, so, so Barry wants to say, this is like lift and cut. I don't know why I'm talking about movies. All, all the movies I saw when I was, uh, when I was like in fourth grade. But, <laughs> but the Frisco kid, I don't know if you remember, where Gene Wilder, Oliver Shalom, is try, he can't travel till it's after Shabbos. And he's like looking with the sun behind the mountain. Like, and he's ducking down so that the sun can duck behind the mountain. It's like, uh, it's a fiction, Barry. You're saying, wait a minute, it's not a fiction. It's a halachic reality. Hefker works. Hefker is a real thing. But don't forget, right, we, we said with regards to, let's say, in this very daf, this idea of what does Andrew mean when he makes a nether? Or what does Andrew mean when he says, I'm not going to use this cow for, for plowing? And so, right, and it depends on his life circumstance, right? So, so, so you see that the kavana matters. We've been seeing this all throughout Nadarim. So are you going to tell me that this is not a violation of the spirit of this law? It's not a violation of the intent of lending? So I'll agree with you that once you're mafkir, 
okay, that halachically it no longer belongs to you. But we saw it as recently as yesterday, in fact, Barry, you should be ashamed of yourself. Because we said yesterday that even after it no longer is in your possession, as is in the case of Shemitah, that it actually would still be Asr Bahana, right? In other words, you made the nether that this object should be, that, that Yom Kishmaro can't get Hana from you. So it's the combination of those things, right? That just because, and it is a chiddush in a dharm. It is an unusual thing that we see specifically in a dharm, where the intention sometimes can overpower what otherwise would be the halachic right, uh, restrictions, right? The halachic gedarm, because I understand, and this is why the machlokas, I presume, right? Where one side would say, well, there's a halachic reality here, and so you found a loophole, right? You found the loophole. You were able to, uh, to be mafkirit, and then, and then it's no longer really technically yours, and then, and then Yanko Shmuel could pick it up. True. But Rabbi says, you know what? No, no, no. This, this is against the spirit of the nether, and we see that spirit of the nether matters. This is against the intent of the nether, and therefore, even though you were able to do this workaround, there are, we see cases where even once it's not, remember, the nether was made before you were mafkirit, right? That's for sure true. In other words, you, made, you made the nether before you went on this trip with Yanko Shmerl. And so when you were mafkirit, it may not have canceled your ownership with respect to the nether. It could have, you're right, canceled your ownership with respect to anybody else can come pick this thing up. That's not an issue, right? That's true. But Yanko Shmerl is still right, potentially restricted by your nether. So that's a good question, and I think that it was important to speak it out, because that's probably the underpinnings of this machlokas. Be that as may, I'm Rabbi Yochanan, my time at Rabbi Yossi. He wants to know, why does Rabbi Yossi not allow it? So that's exactly your question. In, in essence, he's going to go a little bit about this Hefker issue. He says, Kosovar Hefker Kimatana. He holds that when Barry makes this thing Hefker, it's comparable to, to giving a gift. Well, that's interesting. How so? Right, and obviously that would be a problem because Barry, you made a nether, then Yankush can't have enough from you, so you can't give him a gift. So he says, How is Hefker like giving a gift? He says, Ma Right? Just like when let's say Barry gave uh, Andrew Matana. So just like with a gift, right, you can until Andrew actually is Kone this Matana, you can retract the Matana. Okay. So too, Af Hefker, Ada Asilushe Right? When you make something hefker on, on your trip, then until, right, it passes, until somebody's kona it, then you can actually take it back. So that's an interesting thing, right? I could say I'm making this thing hefker and then retract it. And, and, and of course that would be true, because if anyone could pick it up, certainly you should be able to. Hefker doesn't mean that nobody could pick it up. So basically, that's what Rabbi Yochanan thinks. What Rabbi Yochanan is saying, Barry, is He's saying that Rabbi Yossi's reasoning is that making it hefker is almost exactly like giving it to him b'matana. Which, and he's giving like a halachic parallel. Okay, but Masiv Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba says, is that really true? V'halah no tel ochel, right? Um, he, he put it on, on the food and he, and on, on, the, on the food on the fence and he makes it hefker, okay? And then, Yanko Shmerel could take the food and eat it. So, Rabbi Yossi oser, so Amar Biosi, Amasai, when is this so? Right? This is what, where is this coming from? This is just an excerpt of a brisa. And we say, Rabbiosi says, when is this so? Bizman Shinidro Kodim Lahefkero. So Rabbiosi in the Brisa, remember we talked about Brisa's and Mishnah's yesterday. In the Brisa, it's fleshed out a little bit. Rabbiosi spells out 
specifically that it's when Barry made the nether that Shmer, Yaakov Shmerel can't have enough from him before the Hefker. However, as we turn to him, Gimel on the base, Avel im kodem lenidro. But if Barry made it Hefker, obviously prior to his nether, Harez mutter. Then in fact, of course it would be permissible to do it because after all, you made it Hefker first and then by the time you made the nether, it was no longer yours, right? right you, made, you made the food Hefker, okay, when you're on the road. And then you said to Yakushmeral, you can't have enough from me. Well, how is that having enough from you? That was no longer yours by the time you made it. He's not having that enough from you. Aha, this is very happy. Says the Gemara, if you're going to say that, that it really is yours until, until Yakushmeral was Kona it, so Miley Nidro called him Lefkar, Miley Lefkar called him Nidro, then it shouldn't matter whether the Hefkar or the Nidro was first. Because after all, even if you, what? Even if you made it Hefkar first, it's still considered yours until you, until somebody else has Kona it. And if it's still considered yours, and even if you made it Hefkar first at the time that you made the nether, right, it, it actually applies, and Yankush Meryl should not be able to pick it up. So Rabbi Yabba is going to answer his own question. Who most of love, who Mishani love. He's the one that asked the question, he's also going to be the one to, uh, he asked it, he's the one that's going to answer it, because he says, so Rabbi Abba's answer to himself is, whenever Barry makes a neder, he has in mind also anything that he was in mafkir. In other words, when he is neder, no, let's say from Andrew, says Andrew can't have enough from me, he means not only he can't have enough from things that I possess, but also stuff that I've already declared hefkir. That's There's all this stuff that I've declared hefkir that's out there, I don't want Andrew to have enough. This is a directly addressing your question. Because after all, you said, Barry, once it's Hefker, how do I have jurisdiction over it? And this is clearly, Rabbi Abba is saying, that you, you have literally jurisdiction with a nether somehow to overcome the fact that it's not yours and to somehow restrict your Hefker things to, to Andrew. And part of the answer might be uh, this, this idea that it's like, that it's like, uh, the, that it's like this uh, Brysa that says that it really kind of belongs, even Hefker, kind of belongs to you until somebody picks it up, right? So we always thought, this is a different mindset when it comes to Hefker. We always thought that when something's Hefker, it has no, can, no association with you whatsoever when you're Mafke or something, right? Uh, and therefore, that's why people can pick it up because it's not related to you at all. And now we're learning a fascinating idea that there are, there's a shita out there that it's similar to a gift where it's yours until the person picks it up. So even though you're Mafke, it, it is not yet dissociated from you, Barry. So much so that you could still include it in your nadarim. Okay, if, so we learned something today. Okay, so now Masiv Rava is f- uh, six lines up from the bottom. And he says, wait a minute. I, he asks a question from the, quest- from the case of a Shechiv Mira. We'll read it and then we'll explain it tomorrow. Because tomorrow is all about Shechiv Mira. What is a Shechiv Mira? Shechiv Mira gives, is on his deathbed. He has different halachas, as we'll discuss tomorrow, of how he... Right, how, how he gives over things, okay? He's not expected to make a Kenyan to the same, in the same way. This person is seriously ill. He typically will give away all of his possessions, right? It's like a last will here, over here. And, we, and so Chazal have a special structure. We'll just read it and then we'll explain it tomorrow. It says, When a person, a seriously ill person, gives of his possessions partially to somebody and then goes ahead and gives the rest, all of them, to the second person, says the 
Gemara, Rava says, Rishon Kana, Sheni Lokana. The first person gets those possessions, the second person does not get those possessions. We'll have to explain uh, what that means tomorrow, right? So, but, but be that as it may, and we'll pick it up, El Amar Rava, which is four lines up from the bottom, that halacha in itself, as we will see, it, it speaks to the degree of uh, the ability to be something that is no longer in your possession. And so tomorrow we will adapt the halachas of the Shechimera to this concept, how much ownership do you have over something that you've already relinquished. Without the Shem, continue tomorrow.